Hey team, this is Evolve Strong with CJ, and I provide honest fitness advice that works. My passion is to help individuals who feel somewhat invisible to their significant others and feel not so good when looking at themselves in the mirror. I provide real advice, easy advice that helps build back confidence and pride through the advice that I give on this show. So we all have an idea of what movement should be. But what do the what does the science say in regards to movement or increasing our heart rate in order to achieve better health? And I mean by cardiovascular, actual reduction of fat, you know, what is it that we're doing? Lung capacity, pulmonary, you know, those are some big words, but really what that means is overall health. But what actual moves should we be doing and how frequently? What are all these questions, right? What, how do we, what, what is it that we should be doing? And these are the questions that I'm going to answer today in this podcast. And I have an amazing guest today. His name is Miss, Mr. Cody, pardon me, Mr. Cody. And he is an exercise physiologist. He's a scientist in regards to, um, all about the body knows all about that stuff. And so, um, welcome Cody. Thanks. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Mr. Curry. Yeah, so um, I am currently the training manager here at Evolve. I've uh, been with uh, the company here for about two and a half years, just looking to uh, continue to improve and impress. Um, so I am uh, an exercise physiologist. That's what you may be able to call me, whether I'm in a lab or not. Um, anyways, uh, I went to UNM. That's where I did my undergraduate studies. Um, and really, um, just everything about exercise and the body, what happens, what are the responses, what are the adaptations just absolutely, uh, thrill me and uh, inspire me. So that's, uh, that's my passion. Um, you know, Cody and I's past, uh, crossed about two, three years ago and, um, you were actually in a physical therapy lab as well. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. Clinic. And so you actually have a clinical aspect as well as the more of the sport related um, aspect as well. Yeah, you got it. Absolutely. So I had about uh, two and a half years before that experience uh, in a hospital clinic setting um, where I was a technician and I worked with a bunch of different patients, uh, generally uh, orthopedic uh, in the uh, older demographic, uh, but definitely saw quite a bit of a variety. Okay. Well, let's get into the crux of like our conversations, uh, Cody. So movement, it, uh, you know, whenever we, I always preach that you have to have at least four hours a week of some type of increased cardiovascular um, activity or any kind of, you know, things like that. Where does that science come from? Well, that science uh, comes directly from some meta-analyses that we have uh, from the uh, World Health Organization. Uh, fairly recently, they came out with a study in uh, or meta-analysis in 2020, uh, just giving us guidelines for adults, children, special populations. Um, and really what it was, what they looked at is how do we increase um, generalized health outcomes? Um, so basically, they were looking at all-cause mor mortality, as well as morbidities, uh, as well as those associated more with cardiovascular and pulmonary uh, disease. Um, and the research there, uh, what we have in the conclusion uh, is that um, adults should be exercising at the very minimum for 150 to 300 minima, uh, minutes of moderate intensity exercise 
or 75 to 150 minutes of vigorous intensity exercise or some combination of that. Uh, now, again, this is at the minimum end there. Uh, so we here at the club preach maybe a little bit higher, a little bit above that, uh, and maybe also maintaining a little bit higher in the intensity levels. Uh, the more time you spend at higher intensity levels, generally, the more efficient uh, that time is going to be. Okay, so we're talking, you know, 75 minutes minimum vigorous exercise, right? And we're talking about 150 of like moderate. So let's talk about what is the difference between vigorous and moderate? Can so a lot of lot of lot of us, you know, some of us now are using, you know, these uh wrist watches and heart bands and knowing like what's up with like max heart rate and all that stuff. Honestly, from just a very generic, tell me what the difference is between vigorous and moderate. Absolutely. So if you wanted to break it down into a very basic um, perspective, you could go with an intensity scale from zero to 10. Uh, we would call this an RPE, a rating of perceived exertion. So all this is, is how difficult was this exercise or this activity for you? So rating of perceived exertion. Okay, that, okay, got I got it. it. And, and it, it could be, there's a lot of gray area in that, There right? is, there okay, is okay. a lot of gray I area. Gotcha. But just from a very basic, where do we start standpoint, we can rate exercise from zero to 10. Zero being uh, extremely easy. Uh, you could perform this exercise or activity all day long to 10 being you literally could not continue on with that exercise for one more second or one more rep. Um, so that being the scale, what uh, would we call moderate exercise? Moderate exercise intensity would be somewhere around the five to six out of 10 on that scale. Uh, vigorous intensity would be up to 10. So that's seven, eight, nine, and even 10. Um, that is just a really easy way. If you wanted to get a little bit more complicated, you absolutely can take a look at uh, your smartwatches. Uh, a decent amount of us have them at this point, and we can look at heart rate zones. If you wanted to look at heart rate zones, you would want to be in heart rate zone three or three or four for moderate intensity uh, exercise, and you would want to be in heart rate zones four and five. So that would be pushing your maximum heart rate. Again, the individual heart rate uh, that this is going to be is going to depend on you as an individual, uh, how cardiovascularly fit are you, um, and then how adapted to that specific exercise as well. Sure. So I use the example of like Michael Phelps, right? So Michael Phelps trains, you know, anywhere between probably like six, seven, every single, well, when he was in his, you know, Olympic days. And so, but his max heart rate is completely different than someone who has been sedentary for the last two to three years and who's coming in at, with 50 extra pounds on their body, you know, the, there's differences, right? So um, what about, I, I like this as well. So say we're on a treadmill, okay, or we're walking and uh, there's a way that we can monitor, like, what about talk? Like if someone's able to talk, but they're sweating. So let's talk about perceived exertion using like that talk method. Yeah, absolutely. So we could definitely uh, rank those scales directly next to each other. Um, so let's say someone uh, is exercising, you have them terminate the exercise, and then you start a conversation with them. If they are able to talk to you freely, they have not even gotten into the moderate intensity of exercise yet. What you're going to be looking for in moderate intensity exercise is for them to be able to speak to you in between breaths of air. Um, what we're going to be looking at for in a vigorous intensity exercise is them really not being able to keep a conversation going with you. The breaks uh, for oxygen consumption are going to be so large that it would disrupt a normal conversation. 
I love that. So I'll tell you, you know, the reasons why I do burpees in class is because a lot of people are talking <laughs> and I got to shut them up a little bit, especially the ones on the side. Miss Sandra Cruz, if you're listening, I love you, chick, but um, just letting you know why we do burpees in the middle of this. Anyways, I'm kidding with you guys, but not really. So if someone is starting to move and we're trying to get that 75, that means that they can't, they shouldn't be able to talk for that full 75, right? I mean, that's, you got it, essentially. Now, that is broken up over the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. However, yes, that is absolutely true. So even if it is 10, 15 minutes every day, that works. But it needs to be so intense that you are uh, really suffering for some air. Yeah. So that so, guys, when we say 75 minutes, you damn well better not be able to talk in, like when you're doing this, right? So if we do 150 minutes, and, and a lot of people... When when we're trying to change the body and we're we're going for that 150 minutes, but yet we're just walking the dog every day, even though that's activity, is that really hitting that moderate level that we need? No, I would say that that probably is not hitting that moderate level. Um, there are certain things that happen as soon as you get past certain intensity thresholds uh, and minimum intensity thresholds need to be crossed for certain adaptations to occur. Uh, so doing something rote, uh, such as walking, walking your dog, uh, is not going to cause our uh, body, our homeostasis, enough change or enough difficulty uh, for it to want to adapt from that stimulus. Um, so really, we're not going to be getting many or any cardiovascular or muscular uh, strength benefits from that. Um, is it still activity? Is it possibly something that you could work into a good weight loss program? Absolutely. But does it qualify for the moderate intensity? I would say no. Sure. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the benefits of movement. We just talked about cardiovascular health, pulmonary health. Um, you know, these are muscles, right? These are muscles that need to be trained. That when we don't use them, we lose them. Is this correct? This is absolutely correct. So tell me what, you, when you talk about the homeostatic state or like homeostasis, and what we're trying to do with movement is move our bodies into a new realm, right? A new, new, new level. Absolutely. And why are we doing that? The reason we're doing that is to cause adaptation. If we simply give the body stimulus, that is at such a low intensity, it does not cause adaptation. We're simply spinning our wheels. Um, really, we don't want to be doing that. No one wants to be spinning their wheels. So what we need to do is we need to get at it with a certain level of intensity to cause adaptation. Now, it is going to be slightly individualistic. Um, of course, if you're an extremely trained athlete, you're going to have to train at a higher intensity overall than someone who is just beginning their journey. However, uh, once you cross these intensity thresholds, there are certain things that happen uh, within the body and uh, pathways, uh, chemical pathways, uh, in which we can actually uh, become more efficient um, at using the energy within our bodies that is expressing it through our muscles. Um, and so really, we can just become extremely efficient um, through properly dosed exercise. Awesome. So give us some examples of proper movement. I mean, so whenever we go into a program, we need to be deliberate and have a plan, correct? Deliberate and have a plan. Um, the easier way, obviously, not the easier way, but the reason that we have jobs is individuals need us to help develop this plan of action stuff. But for those that are listening that, you know, just want to use this, tell me like how you would 
basically develop a plan that would have movement that would meet those criteria. Can you kind of go into the depths of that? Yeah, absolutely. So first and foremost, uh, whatever movement style you are going to adopt is going to have to be dependent on you and your goals. Uh, what do I mean by that? First and foremost, um, your movement style is going to be dictated by previous injuries, previous surgeries, and current overall health, uh, as well as fitness. So if you're someone who's just starting out, we're not going to toss you into ultra marathon training, right? We're going to start you out somewhere small, right? Um, and we're going to start you out probably in a basic program that includes a bunch of different disciplines of fitness, such as muscular endurance, muscular strength, as well as cardiovascular endurance and strength, right? Um, so what does that mean practically to someone? Well, again, going back to our WHO guidelines, one of the other recommendations on top of the actual duration, the minimum duration, is going to be um, a frequency of two times a week in weight lifting. Now, that is a strength training. We call that resistance training. It's going to be most of the time with added load, so weights. Not necessarily always. Again, if you're a beginner, body weight is going to be considered resistance training. However, we're going to definitely want to be getting after that at least twice a week with, again, that moderate intensity. We would want at least, I would say, two hours to start out with per week of weight training for a very generalized program. That's going to be 120 minutes there of moderate to vigorous intensity activity. After that, we are just going to subtract the rest of the 300 minutes that we should be getting and put that into some cardiovascular exercise. What we're going to do is we're going to break that up into the days we are not currently strength training, and that should be an extremely good generalized program. Again, why we exist is because that's not going to fit everyone, and your lifestyle, your particular situation is going to uh, need some customization. Yeah, everybody, absolutely. So. Uh... Let's kind of paraphrase everything that we just learned in regards to why is movement important, what it is. So you told me that at a baseline minimum, each individual, number one, needs to be getting at least 75 minutes of vigorous exercise or 150 minutes minimum of moderate. And this means that they should not be able to talk. They should not be able to like, you know, just walking the dog is not really. But you also put in there at least a couple uh, you know, minutes of strength training as well, like 120 minutes of strength training. Tell us the importance of strength training in comparison to cardio. Can you can you differentiate that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they're both going to be extremely important for health. Cardiovascular and pulmonary health, of course, uh, is going to be extremely important. And that's what cardiovascular training is going to target. However, a bunch of other awesome, awesome things happen when you do strength training and training for hypertrophy or to gain muscle mass. Uh, one of those is simply increasing your muscle mass. One of the largest issues that we see um, in this country is going to be, in older individuals, I should say, is going to be sarcopenia. Sarcopenia is going to be the reduction of muscle mass to a point where it is detrimental to everyday living. This is a common, common thing that happens in our older population as we age, right? This is something that we can fight and delay the onset of extremely well by lifting weights and increasing our muscle mass. Second, we are going to be increasing our bone mineral density. Again, this is going to be a huge thing. 
as we get older, we have osteoporosis and osteopenia. Again, that's going to be the loss of bone mineral density. Um, and by actually loading up your body with external weight and lifting those, it is a stressor that actually is going to send signals to rebuild the bones that you are stressing. That is in turn going to increase that density. Uh, the stronger our bones are, the less chance of fracture, of break, the longer that we are going to have a healthy life, right? We are also going to be able to uh, decrease body fat percentage. Um, a lot of individuals, when they think of decreasing body fat percentage, will only think of cardiovascular exercise. While it is extremely beneficial, it is also extremely beneficial to be doing something specifically resistance training. Um, this is also going to be apparent when you increase your muscle mass and decrease your uh, fat percentage, your entire BMI is going to, or sorry, is going to improve drastically, right? We have less fat, we have more muscle, our body mass index is going to be um, uh, more healthy. Yeah, so a, a leaner, meaner fighting machine, right? Yes. Exactly. Get rid of the muffin top, but get but put back in the nice look, looking booty. <laughs> right. I don't know if anybody says, you know, that, you know, whether it be a nice butt on you or a nice butt on somebody else, everybody wants a nice butt, period. Right. Yeah. So, you know, when we when we increase, you know, the muscle density in those particular areas, you know, it forms our body, making us look even more attractive. Right. Absolutely. And I know it's not I mean, I'm going to be very real. Um, a lot of individuals. The reason that we do this is for aesthetics. And um, even there are secondary, uh, the, the major benefits, obviously, are improved cardiovascular health, pulmonary health, ability to do daily activities the way you want them, like getting up and down off of the floor. I mean, that's a big deal for some people Huge. these days. You can't even, especially if you fall, right? Um, and prevent, you know, disease like cardiovascular disease, all the other diabetes, all that stuff. But ultimately, really, a sense of pride and confidence when you've accomplished over four to eight weeks and you've rebuilt muscle, decreased fat, your body just looks better. Yeah, your belt loops start to come down. You get into different sizes and you just feel damn good, right? Whether you be a man or woman, however, whatever age you are, you just feel good. And also two guys, movement. One last area that we want to talk about is, you know, the chemical makeup, like chemicals, like what happens chemically in the system when we move? Can you touch base with that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I could get too into this one for sure. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, chemically, uh, we have a lot of different uh, things happening. So hormonal uh, fluctuation, uh, as well as rebalance after exercise. So without getting too, too crazy into it, exercise uh, is one of the best hormonal regulators. Uh, when we start to exercise, we absolutely see certain hormones increasing like cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine, things like that, that we may think of as negative, uh, things that we associate with stress. However, that is negative when it is chronic stress. In very short term application, it is actually a regulator. So when we have these spikes in uh these uh, different hormones, especially such as cortisol, it actually is going to lead to um, a much um, better control of the actual hormone and its concentration in our body the days after exercise. So even if we have these very small spikes in certain hormones, uh, it is actually going to lead uh, to a down regulation uh, in the future there. Uh, other things that are really awesome that can be happening is our regulation of our blood glucose. 
um, our insulin sensitivity as well as release of insulin is going to um, increase like crazy. So those who um, have a hard time with A1C ratings, uh, diabetes, these types of things, exercise is massively helpful. Awesome. I think we're going to go into great, greater detail with the stress response and the chemical makeup response, but I wanted to give a little bit of a teaser here, Cody. Cody, so let's go ahead and paraphrase just real quick, and then I'm going to have you give them your last bit of knowledge and tidbit of like in regards to movement. Number one, vigorous exercise, no less than 75 minutes, no less than 150 minutes of moderate, and you got to get the hour. It, better yet, at least 300 minutes if you can dedicate. This is our only vessel, right? Absolutely. This is what we got, right? You got to also mix in both strength training and cardiovascular work to have a well-rounded program, right? And then you have to be deliberate with the movement. You have to develop a plan and stick with it. Is that correct? You got it. And I think that if, if, you know, if, if you're having a hard time developing this plan, this is why we're here guys. So reach out to us, but Cody last words to our listeners of like the last thing you want them to know that you think would be the critical, most critical part of the knowledge base that you have um, to these guys about movement. Absolutely. I'll put it into just a little bit of a practical uh, advice. So number one, anytime we're planning movement, it's going to be about adherence, consistency, and enjoyment. Oh, do that again. Consistency, adherence, and enjoyment. Consistency, adherence, and enjoyment. So choose what you can so you can keep coming back, right? Absolutely. Choose what you like. Okay. We have to be intelligent about what we're doing. If you hate what you're doing, you're not going to do it for forever. That's just true, right? So two, uh, we have to be specific to your personal goals, right? What type of exercise are you doing must reflect what you want to see your body, right? Uh, number three, uh, it's got to fit within your schedule and within your recovery abilities, um, so this one is a little bit uh, harder for a lot of people. A lot of people, their schedules are super busy and they don't get enough sleep. We have to make time for recovery or else what we're doing in the gym is just spinning our wheels. Uh, number four, start small, master one habit at a time and continually build and progress from there. Awesome, Cody. You've been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us, Mr. Cody. Listen up, guys. All I need for you guys to do is to reach out, you know, CJ at EvolveStrong.com. Um, if you reach out to me, if you need to talk with Cody, uh, he's a great resource. We're here. Just reach out to us. Also, guys, I'm going to ask, I'm going to do a shameless plug. I need for you guys to really, really like and um, subscribe to the show. We'd really appreciate that. All right. Cody, again, thank you very, very much. Pleasure being all right, guys, listen up. So I have Cody on for the next two sessions with us. We're going to talk about nutrition and we're also going to talk about stress, guys. We're going to talk about those next two things. So be on the lookout. Hey, from my heart to yours, remember, start strong, stay strong, always be evolving up most strong. Have a good day, guys.